everyone has different challenges and even every company I've been involved in, everyone has typically a different style, like you said. Like, yeah. So it's quite interesting actually to share some of these stories. Yeah. And I think especially once you start growing, like recruitment and people, that is, at least that's what we're experiencing now, that is the biggest challenge of all. So mm, Funny, yeah, funny. Yeah. Hey, David, to kick off, could you, could you tell a bit how big your, your team is now at the moment? So... I have to check because we've just recruited three people. One started and two are still on the way. So contractually speaking, we are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, mm. and me. So thirteen now. Thirteen. Okay. And uh, and it's it's all remote or are some people together in an office or something. No, we, we decided early on that even though the co-founders, we all live like kilometers away from each other, mm. um, that we would not, that even we would be remote because there's nothing worse than that feeling of some people are together in an office and the others, we're kind of not part of that group. Okay. So everyone, we still have a lounge. We have a beautiful office here in Malta um, where we fly everyone down twice a year. So we have events and... Okay. Uh, enjoy the beautiful weather here, yeah. um, but we we only go there as a lounge, so there's okay. only sofas and the cliche startup office, right? So table tennis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ping pong stuff. I get it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. And uh, and what's your your plan for the upcoming year? Do you do you want to double in size, or is it not an ambition to think in those numbers? What's what's the uh, year looking like for you? So yeah, so we, we, we're we not a big fans of, of showing off how big your company is in terms of people. Um, mm -hmm. We think it's more impressive to look at how many how many customers you've you've changed kind of their, their business life for or how much customers you've generated value for. Plus, having built before a business that we reached 150 people, we know we probably want to avoid doing that again. <laughs> Because that's where things can become very complicated. So, so yeah, I think right now we have six currently open at oh, the moment. Okay, okay. Some of which are are, are doubles or whatnot, but but yeah. Yeah. Basically, our plan is that um, our ambitions, because we set like a one page. We have a one page strategic document which mm -hmm. outlines what we want to achieve this year, what we want to achieve in three to five years, and what's our big hairy, audacious goal <laughs> like 20 yeah. years into the future. Yeah. So from the plans we've seen, we're probably looking at end of the year, we're probably going to double in size. Yeah. Um, and then over three to five years, we're probably going to be around 50 people. And then oh. then from then onwards, I have no clue what's going to happen. So I'm going to try and keep us at 50, but I have no idea what I'm going to manage. Okay. Right. It kind of depends on the success, right? How many customers? Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because the people that you hire now are, are mainly focused on sales and marketing, or do you do you still look for backend people for for other people as well, business development or stuff? So we have no we have no sales stuff, um, mm. and we actually brought in our first marketing people two months ago. So it was myself and a co-founder. We were doing most of that. Okay. Uh, but our plan is the way we've done it to make sure we don't go haywire and lose control is. We have a financial spreadsheet and we have like a running revenue. Um, and basically what we do is we've started to set budgets by department. Okay. More than department, because I hate the word department, more by area. So 
we've said, listen, roughly, what type of profit margin do we want? So if we're aiming at, for example, 30%, then we're saying 70% needs is going to be invested. So then we say, where will that be invested? Okay. And we're making a conscious decision, for example, up front, that marketing and product get the same equal investment. Yeah, that makes and sense. And then as we go along, we're making sure we're investing equally in product and marketing. So... So our plan is, though, to invest much more into products than into marketing. Okay. It's okay. funny that all your jobs are remote. We talked to Josh from Barometrics, and he actually has the same. don't know if you knew that, that the team from Barometrics is fully remote as well. Awesome. But it's, is it the, the, what are the, what's difficult for you if you hire remote? Is there anything that, that you come across that's it's a big challenge? or No challenges which are specific i'd say to this experience as in because equally there are challenges like if we decided to have an office in europe the challenge would have been to find people locally or fly them in or mm -hmm. so i think i honestly believe that those challenges are much bigger than the challenges we're facing with remote so overall i think remote is actually easier uh, but then again, I've been lucky that I worked for two years remotely with a U UK company that were really good at doing it before. So I had like kind of training in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say the biggest challenge is probably making sure people don't overwork because you don't have control over the visibility of them doing that. So you <laughs> tend, can get surprised by that more. Like you don't realize, and all of a sudden, someone's saying, "Yo, I'm burnt out." For example. Oh, so. that's funny that you say that because you you would assume you need to um, ch uh, chase people to actually do stuff. I think the the fear of most people is that if they hire someone remote, that they don't do enough. It's the other that's, way that's I think a big misconception because hmm. it all comes down to at the end of the day choosing the right people, right? So. Hmm. I think you need to find, if you're employing for remote, you need to employ self-driven people who are very um, yeah. ambitious or yeah. else it's not going to work out. Yeah, yeah that makes and sense. And I think, yeah. and again, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to discriminate in any way, so we don't actively like employ elder or younger people. But I think if you're, there, there is this automatic filtration system, which is if you're really young, um, you probably don't want a remote job because you want to be more, um, in an office having fun and doing crazy stuff so we found that the most people who are attracted to this type of jobs are probably the more mature people yeah. with families or uh, and those make for much more reliable uh, driven oh. people if anything these are the guys like me right so I have a young kid another one on the way oh, so okay. spending too much time at home spending too much time working oh. <laughs> So it's, it's interesting. It's a very different dynamic. Yeah, yeah and, okay. and what, what a lot of startups, of course, are curious about and what we hear often is question is like, um, where do you get your people from? Is it is it different now that you are becoming kind of well-known name in the startup scene? Do people find you or you still need to go out there, promote, hunt, those type of things? What I've found, and this sounds horrible, but it's just a, something I've discovered, is that there is a tendency that the people that find you don't tend to be the right people. And it's, it hasn't happened every time, yeah. but I've definitely seen a pattern. Okay. And what I mean by that is there is a big tendency that people that find you are people that are jumpy and are looking for jobs all the time. Yeah. Um, so I've noticed that. So 
or maybe it's just me psychologically that I like preparing a role, defining it before anyone has ever approached me, okay. and then put it out there, out there and purposefully find the best person for that role. Hmm. Um, in fact, we have a rule that even if someone we think is fantastically awesome contacts us, we will not engage with them unless there is a specific role so that we avoid defining roles for people that have approached us, right? Because it's so easy to fall to that temptation of, oh, there's an awesome guy, let's just bring him in because we need that eventually. Um, so you, I, I always say we stick to our plan. We stick to our, uh, kind of what, what we're trying to do. Hmm. So the short answer after that quick kind of long thing is no, it doesn't become easier. I don't, maybe we haven't reached that point yet. Hmm. Um, I'd say on the marketing side, maybe it's become easier. So writers and those positions, we tend to get really good people. Yeah. But in general, no, I think the big challenge is still really finding really, really good people. Hmm. Um, okay. and, and I say this, so obviously we get a lot of applicants. So I wouldn't want to offend anyone by saying that as in because we get a lot of applicants. Hmm. But um, it's very difficult to find sometimes the match of specifically what you're looking for and the people who are applying. So it's, it's, the, whole, yeah. it's the whole dating thing, right? Finding yeah. the right... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And and you got you have a team that scouts for these people, or um, what do you typically do? We've started experimenting a little bit with headhunting. Hmm. Um, don't get me wrong; it, it helps a lot that we are a brand, a, yeah. a, a, not a brand. I would say a mini brand, right? A tiny brand. So, like for example, when we post on Inbound and whatnot, that we tend to get a lot of activity from there. Um, but yeah, we, we are starting to do scouting now, both ourselves and also starting to use some headhunting firms as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the big problem with headhunting is then you find the fa the most amazing people ever, but then they come to the interviews like, yeah, kind of, I'm, I'm okay, you came to me, right? So I'm not coming to you. So there's a, the whole dynamic of that relationship okay. is suddenly very different. Instead of I want to work for you, is playing hard to get suddenly, right? <laughs> Well, this is why it's kind of surprised me that you're saying that it's it's in your perception the case that people that go towards your website are not always the best fit because it I hear often that, that the more your brand grows and becomes well known, these are people that want to work for your brand and believe in your offerings. So I would I wouldn't be inclined to say it actually increases the quality, but. No, it does. It does. My point was that we're still so small that we haven't felt that jump mm. yet. Yeah. Although I would agree with you. I'd say it kind of feels like it's starting, but we're, there isn't yet there isn't yet that jump where people say, listen, I believe in what you're doing and we want to join you. And I yeah. think partially it's because we haven't yet been out there enough mm. yeah. to kind of communicate what we're trying to do so people want to be a part of that. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, I'm just curious, like, can you uh, describe to us what is your typical hiring process? Like, maybe just a walk Sure. We're, I'm, I'm, we're crazy um, obsessed with our hiring process, so that's something I'm, I'm really, really obsessed with. Um, it's probably way more detailed than it should be for a company of our size, but as I said, because no, we grew a fantastic. company before, yeah, so it's, it's probably, you're going to think we're crazy. So... <laughs> Here's what we do. The flowchart kind of looks something like this. So we start always with a survey. Okay. Um, so the main reason why we use Recruity is because you actually offer that. That's one of the main 
killer features we like that we could configure that and we like doing really long surveys <laughs> 10 12 detailed questions <laughs> okay and the reason for that is if you really don't believe in joining us then that's the perfect kind of filter up front okay because the biggest uh, waste of time we have right now is speaking is doing too many interviews so we wanted to kind of eliminate that so mega scary survey step one and and this survey is designed in a very intentional way so we have like an operations manual that highlights every step of this it's like seven pages long and so there are standard questions that always need to be included in there out of the 12 there's always for example one key question that we say is our um key filter question so we start by looking at those answers if if that answer is wrong you automatically disqualify so that makes the process of reviewing very easy and that's critical when you are reviewing so for vp of marketing i had 320 applicants so Whoa. in that case you really need to make sure like that there is a quick way of, of kind of filtering out uh, people and i know this sounds kind of horrible but really and truly you need that so it's all yeah. about not whether they are good or not it's all about whether they are a match or not yeah. And to take a step back, one thing that we did purely because of employment is we defined our cultural values in a lot of detail. So we have eight cultural values um, and we've designed our questions around them. Cool. So, for example, one of them is always be learning. So we have a specific question about what have you learned in the last year? So we want to see what's the trajectory, what is their journey rather than what do you know today? What, what you're actually, are you a growth person? Or are you just a, a person that knows how to do something and that's it? Hmm. Um, so that's the survey. Then we have all the emails automated recruiting, so we love that. Oh, yeah. So at that point, then we'd say requ request video to ask them to record a video and upload to Dropbox. And what so we decided to do this because we were doing tons of interviews. So we were doing, for one position, like 30 interviews. And when we calculated the time on that, that was like a huge waste because we were constantly reviewing and optimizing on how we use our time. So I said, okay, so what if those 30, instead of doing 30 interviews, we do 30 videos and out of them we choose five. Cool. So that would be a huge optimization. So we created the, the questions and the flow for that and now we're doing that and we love it. Mm. Um, and we've, again, been very intentional that there are five standard questions and these cannot be changed by role. They are standard because the video stage is purely cultural fit. Cool. So we're seeing, will they match culturally? And we did this as well because on the dev side, we were eliminating people early on because they didn't have the dev skills we needed, which was a mistake. Because if they are good cultural fit and they can learn, then we'll teach them. Okay. So that's much more important. So video. Then from the videos, we then ask some trick questions that we ask. Um, and basically, we invite them to do an interview. So at that stage, there is an interview. And we yeah. bring in, I believe, uh, three people. So there's yeah. we also have roles. So there is always a hiring manager and then two other people. One of them is always the CEO. And each three of the three have a veto power. So instantly, you can say no, and that person, that's it. There's no debate. Um, and then basically, again, we have a Trello board with a structure. So on the left, we have links to the video, the recruitee profile, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a flow, the questions, explaining the role, all this. So we go through that. Then if, if the person makes it through that stage, then we go to what is called the task stage. 
So then they are invited into HipChat. Uh, and then from it, then onwards, everything is done purely via chat because our work is remote. So we want to evaluate how they behave in that environment. Uh, and they're given a task in a Word doc, so there's no video, there's no audio, so we can see how they ask questions, how quick they are to understand things, can they communicate with us well. Then they're given two to three days, which is a paid uh, period of time, so we pay them for that work. And the task, again, there's a lot of definition of how the task should be, has to be something that we would actually use. Because yeah. so, we found in the beginning we were giving fictitious tasks, so we're like, yeah, it's good, it's bad. You don't really question the work. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be something we're actually going to use. And that's why we pay for it. Okay. And then at, the at that stage, then they, they have to work with the team and they present to the same panel. And if we believe in what they've done, then that's the stage where we then negotiate. And what's great is that uh, we always define a salary range upfront, um, and we do not negotiate outside of that range. So if yeah. you go outside of that range, and that's why we asked that before. Yeah. Uh, the reason being is that we don't want to become a company that employs purely uh, based on revenue. So it's, there's more than, than that to it. And what's great is by doing this, what we call performance recruitment, at that stage, once the person decides to join, they, we literally just change their email and hit <laughs> chat and their employees. So, so the like, they accept, then we have Trello boards kicking in and processes so that everything yeah. is automated. Yeah. So you might say, sounds like overkill. Probably it is. But what's great is that at the size of 13 and the size of revenue we're at, we've decided we're going to focus completely internally yeah. on growth and optimization instead of externally. Because yeah. we know that once we, once we reach high levels of revenue, we won't have the time to focus internally. We want everything automated. Yeah. Running like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but how, how will it go at that point? You will still be doing it? Or you think there's going to be, there is going to be an HR department doing these things? What, what do you think? No, I think our plan is to stick to a hiring manager and CEO um, system for as long as possible. I yeah. think it's doable because essentially all I do is look at the five videos that they liked I join one interview, um, sorry, I join usually three interviews and then one or two maximum task calls. So it's actually quite doable, it's quite okay. scalable. Can you tell me, like, maybe pick one sig more significant thing that you have learned and adopted into your hiring process so far? That's a good question. I'm torn between the video thing, which was like, uh, it was great because we like, we're very agile. So we're constantly optimizing that process. So I felt that was a very big win that we went in, looked at the numbers, analyzed the data and the hours and made, made that change. It had such a huge impact on everyone. Um, because obviously you have to calculate when you think about it, if it's, if it's 10 interviews times three people times one hour, Exactly. And if you don't like the person, typically if you don't like the person, you know within five ten minutes. <laughs> so the waste is just unbelievable. <laughs> so com comparing that to ten videos that you look maybe 10-15 minutes at, and then you know um, that's a huge save. Yeah. Um, but the other one was probably also reviewing the questions. So some of the questions that we were asking, uh, refining those, um, had quite a big impact. Yeah. Um, so one, one, one of them that we really like is that we ask people a very intentional question. And this has to be done voice on a call. It cannot be done in writing because certain questions are better asked on the spot than others where you have time to prepare. What we do is we then 
ask that same question to reference and we see how much does that so, match. This thing that we improved on, which is this kind of co like combining things across stages, was a huge win. So is that also your advice to, um, let's say, startups hiring remotely, that you should really invest in the process and cross-reference and also optimize um, on the go all the time? Yeah, absolutely. Cross-referencing is key. And whenever you're, you're interviewing people for roles that are like customer success or marketing work, not actually ask references from customers, not from colleagues only. Yeah, um, that's true. So you can see what type of experiences they've been creating for them. But the biggest advice I'd say, more importantly, is follow your gut feeling. That's like so important. Like yeah. If it doesn't really feel like a match, then it, we've made so many mistakes. So if, if you really need a role, like you'll convince yourself that, that that person is the right like person. Like yeah. so resist so scoreboard systems that kind of eliminate that human choice is so important. Yeah, you have any tips for um, we have a lot of startup tech tech companies related that, that know about your tool that are gonna read this these things. Any tips you wanna share with them regarding hiring? Um yeah, I think Communication, hire, hire for communication, people that can really communicate is important because remote communication is key. Mm -hmm. And two, that ability to learn, that is so important. Once you have those two things together, that, that's key. Yeah. Like when I think back when I joined some companies before, I, I knew nothing. But they employed me because they saw the potential of me learning. So be that company that believes in someone's ability to learn. I think that's so important. Yeah, great to hear that. Thanks, David. Amazing. We're gonna work on some. Yeah, we're gonna work on some good stuff. And glad to hear the the feedback that you gave us. Thanks for that as well.